Good to see you. You guys are looking good, man. I missed you last week. I know Chrissy was here sharing the word, um, but it's good to be back. My name is Caleb, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I want to just share a word with you that God has given me. Uh, I'm super excited. Today is a standalone. So we, we never do this. We're always in a series of some kind going through uh, a different series that has a process. But uh, we have Vision Sunday next week, and so I just felt like, man, you know what? I'm just going to preach whatever God puts on my heart today. Are you guys okay with that? So today is a, a standalone message, and uh, what I want to preach to you today on is the title, Surrounded in the Struggle. Surrounded in the Struggle. How many have ever gone through a struggle in your life? Raise your hand. Have you ever been through something? You've been through an issue, man. Let, how many of you know that the struggle is real in life? Like the struggle is real. There are struggles happening. I'm guessing no one didn't raise their hand there because we all struggle. Uh, you know, like last night, uh, my wife, she looks over and there's candy wrappers all next to the bed. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, the struggle is real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love candy. C- can I get an amen today? Like, man, I-, I love me some Reese's peanut butter cups, uh, sour patch kids. Man, I just get down. And so if candy is in our house, and let me tell you, my kids just went trick-or-treating. And so there's buckets of candy in our house, and we hide it from the kids, and then I eat it all. You know what I'm saying? The struggle is real, isn't it? But how many know that struggles are something that we deal with? In this life, it's impossible to to live this life and not struggle at some point. In fact, I've heard it said that every one of us is either in the middle of a struggle, we're just coming out of a struggle, or we're getting ready to go into a struggle. So that's every one of us in this place. Uh, And so maybe you're in the middle of something today. I believe this word is going to encourage you. Maybe you just came out of something and you can finally breathe. I believe God's going to give you some perspective. And maybe for some of you, you need to hear this because you're about to walk into a storm. You're about to walk into a struggle. You don't even know it's coming. But when you get in it, this is going to come back to mind and God's going to encourage you through it. So if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to the book of Genesis. I'm going to read starting in chapter number 28. The book of Genesis, it will be on the screen for you. You can look in your, or follow along in your version Bible app. But I want to read this story in chapter 20. I'm going to read verse 10 through 17. This is a story uh, of a man named Jacob. And uh, what happens is God starts his people line, and he decides to do it through a man named Abraham. And Abraham has a son, his name is Isaac. And then Isaac has two sons. And his son's name are Esau and Jacob, Jacob and Esau. And Esau is the firstborn, so he has the birthright. He has the blessing. But what happens is his brother, his younger brother Esau, dupes him, tricks him, fools him into giving up his birthright and his blessing. He gets him back to back. And so he, he gets these things from his brother. Um, he, his father blesses him as well as he steals his birthright. He trades it for a bowl of stew, and I don't have time to get into the whole story. But uh, this is what goes down. And in this day, like the birthright and the blessing, it was a big deal. As the oldest child, the oldest son, you were entitled to more. You were entitled to more land, more livestock, more uh, of everything. And so this reality of the younger brother Jacob stealing the birthright from the older brother Esau was a big deal. And Esau is so upset with his brother That when their father Isaac is about to die, he says to someone, he says, my father is about to go, and when he does, I'm going to kill my younger brother. 
I'm going to kill him because I, I need to get my blessing back. I need to get my birthright back. And so he says this, and his mother, who favored uh, the younger brother, he favored Jacob. I don't know if we have any moms in here. Um, hopefully you don't have favorites. But, but this mother favored the younger brother, favored Jacob. And so she warns Jacob, and she says, you need to run. You need to run for your life. Your father's about to die, and your brother has stated that he will kill you. He's going to kill you, so you need to run. And so Jacob makes a run for it. He makes a run for his life. He leaves his family, leaves uh, his mother, his father, his brother, and, and, and runs off and tries to find his, his mother's brother to, to, to have somewhere to stay and somewhere to live. And this is where we pick up this story, Jacob on the run for his life. So let's read Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 through 17. It says this. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and you and your offspring and all the families of the earth will be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Can we pray? Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to us through it, that you would challenge us, you would encourage us, Lord, and you would let us know that in our struggle, you're with us. So, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we pray all these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. So what I want to do today is I want to give you some truths to remind you that you're surrounded in the struggle. Because what I found is that a lot of us, uh, uh, we, we think we're surrounded by the struggle. We think we're surrounded by the situation. We think we're surrounded by the circumstance. We think we're surrounded by whatever issue is going on in our life. But what I want you to hear today is that you're not surrounded by the struggle. You're surrounded in the struggle because you're surrounded by your God. That God is surrounding you even when it seems like you're surrounded by all this stuff. Even when it seems like you're surrounded by this storm. Even when it seems like you're surrounded by this struggle. That God is surrounding you. And so no matter what you're walking through today, no matter what your circumstance or your situation might be in this place, I want you to know that you can have hope. That you can have hope that today God has not abandoned you. He has not left you. He will not leave you where you are. In fact, he's surrounding you in whatever struggle you're walking through right now. So first today, the first truth to remind you that you're surrounded in the struggle is to remember that God is with you. I really want to focus on verse 15 that I read to you today uh, from Genesis chapter 28. And if you saw it and if you looked at it, it says in verse number 15, it really gives us our points today. It says, I'm with you and I'll keep you wherever you go. I'll bring you back to this land 
For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So I want you to hear today that God is with you. And some of you in this place, maybe you came in here today, you don't even know why you're here, but you came in here and you feel like God has abandoned you. You feel like God has left you. And I want to tell you that God is still with you. But how many of you know that uh, many of our struggles or our situations that we find ourselves in are struggles of our own making? I don't know if you, you, you realize this, but there are things that we walk through in life that, that we can't control, that we didn't cause, that we didn't make. For instance, you know, these fires happen. I mean, maybe somebody started these fires, but in reality, these people whose homes have been burned down, who've lost so much, they didn't cause this. They're not the cause of this, and those things do happen. But I've seen is that often the struggles we find ourselves in are struggles of our own making. And then we're, we're asking God to bail us out of the struggle that we put ourselves in. And I, I believe in a God that he's with us even if we put ourselves in circumstances and struggles that he told us not to go into. That doesn't mean that he abandons you. It doesn't mean that he leaves you because let me tell you, God is patient with you. And God looks at us and goes, I know you're dumb. All right? Like, he knows that about us. He looks at us. We're, we're little children at times, aren't we? God says, I know you don't always know what to do. I know you make the wrong choices. That doesn't mean that I'm going to leave you, though. That doesn't mean that I'll abandon you. This was a struggle of Jacob's own making, wasn't it? Jacob caused this for himself. He duped his brother not once but twice. He took his birthright and then he took his blessing. And now... He has to run for his life. Man, I'm thankful for a God, though, that turns my screw-ups into setups. Let me tell you something. We serve a God that even when we screw up, he can turn it into a setup. And that's what he does with Jacob here. He says, you may have screwed up, but I'm going to set you up for something greater in your life. Somebody say, God is with me. Come on, say it again. Say, God is with me. This is what God does. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't abandon us. Even when we put ourselves in struggles and circumstances that he didn't intend for us. He's still with us through it. Some of you have been there. You know, you, you, uh, you really want a, a boyfriend, ladies, or men, you really want, want a girlfriend. And, and everyone tells you, like, that dude is bad news. But you're like, I know, but he's so cute. He's really successful. And then before you know it, you're in an unhealthy relationship. Man, we put ourselves in some struggles, don't we? Because of the decisions that we make. But let me tell you something. God is still with you. He doesn't abandon you. He doesn't leave us just because we screw up. He can take those screw-ups and turn them into setups for something greater. And that's what he does for Jacob. Jacob, man, he dupes his brother. He gets one over on his brother, and he ends up running for his life, and yet through it, God says, I'm not going to abandon you. In fact, I'm going to set you up. This land that you're in, this wilderness that you find your, yourself in, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it all to you. If we go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, I want to read real quick, verse 9 through 12 there. Moses actually sings a song. Y'all didn't know Moses was a musician, but it says this is Moses' song, and I'm going to sing it for you. No, I'm kidding. I don't know how it went, but we know the words from the song. He sung this song to the Israelites right as he's giving them uh, the law. And he tells them this song. He sings this song and he sings about what God has done in the past. And he sings this song about Jacob. And he says this, but the Lord's portion is his people. 
Jacob, his allotted heritage. He found him in a desert land. And he's talking about this story that we just read. And in the howling waste of the wilderness, he encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions. The Lord alone guided him. No foreign God was with him. Did you see that part? It says he encircled him. He surrounded him. He's in the wilderness, a wilderness of his own making. He's in the desert, a desert of his own making. He's on the run in in a struggle because it's a struggle that he put himself in, and yet in it, God encircles him. In it, God surrounds him. I want you to hear me today that God is with you. It doesn't matter if you've been running from him, if you've made bad decisions, if you've done things that are against him, if you've made decisions that say, God, I don't want anything to do with you. God has not abandoned you. He has not left you. He's still with you, and he's brought you to here today to hear this because somebody needed to hear this word that God is with you and you say God how could you still love me how could you still be with me when I've turned my back on you God still is with you he still loves you second today second truth to remind yourself that you're surrounded and then your struggle is that God will keep you I love this idea of God keeping Jacob that's what he says to Jacob he says I'll keep you listen to me church Whether you've had a banner year or a barren year, God is up to something in your life. I believe that, that God is up to something in our church. He's up to something in your life. And some of you are going, I don't think so. You don't know what I've been through, Caleb. You don't know where I've been this year. You don't know the struggles I've had this year. You don't know the the situations I've found myself in this year. I want to tell you right now, God is still up to something in your life. In fact, often God puts us and lets us walk through the struggles because he wants to teach us something through it. He wants to refine you. And let me tell you, we get refined greater through the fire than we do through the peace of life. We need fire in our lives to refine us to become who God wants us to be. But no matter what fire or struggle or situation you find yourself in, I'm here to tell you God will keep you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to leave you. He keeps you. You guys remember the movie Hope Floats? This is from back in the day. Like, girls love this movie. My wife loves this movie. I've actually never watched it because I don't get down like that. But but my wife, man, she loves this this movie, Hope Floats. But let me tell you something. This title, it's all wrong because hope doesn't float. You see, hope is an anchor. It's an anchor that's rooted and grounded that no matter what struggle we walk through, no matter what storm we're in, we are not moved. We are not shaken. Our hope is rooted in Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. It's our anchor. And I want to tell you something. God will keep you. You can have hope today. Listen to me, church. You can have hope today no matter what your struggle looks like, no matter how big it might be, no matter how daunting it might be in front of you. Man, my kids... They ask me all the time, they, they, they say, Dad, who's your favorite? They say, Dad, Dad who, who's your favorite, Dad? Who's your favorite? And my wife and I play this game with them where we ask, ask them who their favorite is. And so my wife, she does it more than me, but she'll be like, Charlie, who's your favorite, Mommy or Daddy? 
Kanan, who's your favorite, mommy or daddy? Kyle, who's your favorite, mommy or daddy? And the boys, they're more diplomatic, so they say mommy and daddy, but Charlie just straight up is like, mommy. <laughs> you know, she's a mama's girl, unfortunately. I'm trying, you guys. Pray for me. But uh, I think it's interesting that when my kids ask me who their favorite is, they say, dad, who's your favorite? I always say you are. But I say that to every one of them. They say, Dad, who's your favorite? I say, you are. But, Dad, I heard you say that to Kai. I said, yeah, he's my favorite too. But how can I be your favorite and him be your favorite? How can I be your favorite and, and she be my favorite? Because I'm your dad. That's how I get down. You're my favorite. And, and he's my favorite. And, and she's my favorite. You're, you're all my favorite. And I wanted you to hear this because some of you, man, you, you've walked through a struggle and you've been barely hanging on. You've been in a struggle, maybe of your own making, and you're in this situation, and some of you feel like God has abandoned you or left you or that God doesn't love you or that because of your decisions, God can't embrace you any longer, that, that he's departed from you. But I wanted you to, to, to see that verse I read, and I want to bring attention to it again. It says, he kept him, this is Moses' song, he kept him, okay, I'm just going to make it up real quick. He kept him as the apple of his eye. He kept him as the apple of his eye. You guys know this term, this phrase, what this means, right? When you're the, the apple of, of, your, of my eye. And, and we say this about our children, the apple of my eye. This means they're dear and near to us. This means they're our favorite. This means they're special. This means there's something different about them. I want you to hear me today. You can be in a situation of your own making and still be the apple of God's eye. And I wanted someone to hear this today because I want you to hear me that, that you are God's favorite. And you're like, how can I be his favorite? What about, I mean, Caleb, you're the pastor. You're probably God's favorite. I am. But guess what? You're his favorite too. I want you to hear me because just like me, every one of my children, all three of them, Canaan, Kai, and Charlie, they're all my favorite. In the same way God wanted you to hear today that you are his favorite. That he loves you just as you are. It, it, jacked up, messed up, you know, all kinds of dysfunction. He loves you. You're his favorite. Somebody right now say, I'm God's favorite. Come on, say it in. You got to say it like you believe it. Say, I'm God's favorite. God will keep you. Why? Because, because he loves you. Because you're his favorite. Because he has a plan for you. And some of you feel like, man, because of what you've done or where you've been or the things you've walked through or the struggles you found yourself in or, or you feel like, man, some of these struggles weren't of my own making but God's abandoned me. No, you're still the apple of his eye. He still sees you. He still loves you. He still has a plan for you. Which leads to number three is that God won't leave you. You want to know how you're surrounded in the struggle? God won't leave you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never abandon you. Just because God is silent doesn't mean God is absent. Hear me, church. Because sometimes God may allow us to walk through a moment or a season of silence, but that doesn't mean that he's absent. Maybe you're in a struggle and you feel like God has left you, and I'm guessing there's somebody in here that feels this way. Jacob felt that way, and then he had a dream. Did you see that? It says that he's actually just wandering. Like he doesn't know where he's going to go. He's like, I'm going to go here. Hopefully I find a place to sleep. It says that he's just in, a, he's in the wilderness. 
He's in the desert. And, and you know it's rough when you're using rocks as pillows. I don't know if you were paying attention when I read it. It says he grabs a stone and he slides it over and he goes to sleep. I don't know if you ever slept on the ground. It ain't fun, okay? You ever use the rock as a pillow? It does not feel good. How many are thankful for soft pillows? Come on, somebody. Where are my flat pe- pillow people at? Where are my puffy pillow people at? I don't know. This has nothing to do with my message. I was just curious. Okay. Listen to me, church. God will not leave you. Jacob feels like he's alone. He's on the run. He's running for his life. And he goes to sleep. And God reveals to him in a dream. He says, you're the apple of my eye. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you. I've got you. In fact, I'm going to give you all this land. And I'm going to make your people a great people. And I'm going to make your family multiply. And I'm going to give you all kinds of things. I'm going to bless you. God has not left you, church. He has not left you. And sometimes we can be in the middle of a struggle and feel like he's left us. But I want you to hear that he's surrounding us. Psalm 34.8 says this. The Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So maybe you're feeling crushed today. Maybe you're feeling brokenhearted today. Let me tell you, you're in a good spot because that means God is even closer to you right now. He's even nearer to you now. He's even closer to your spirit now. Psalm 73, 28 says, but as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I love this. Did you hear that? The nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. A lot of times we're accusing God of leaving us when maybe it's in fact us who've left him. We're saying, God, where are you? I don't hear you when in fact we are running from him. God's not going anywhere. The question is, where are we going? When we are brokenhearted, when we are crushed, when we are struggling, when we are suffering, are we running from God or running to God? Because what it says here is the nearness of God is my good. The nearness of God is my strength. My God is my refuge. If you are in a struggle, and when we walk through struggles, let me tell you, the natural inclination that I think a lot of human beings do is to run from God. And I'll tell you this, if you keep running from God in your struggle, your struggle is not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any easier than what you're walking through. But I'll tell you this, when you run to God in your struggle, that's when you find your refuge. That's when you find your healing. That's when you find your comfort. That's when you find your peace. That's when you find your anchor. That's when you find your hope. So stop running from God in your struggle and start running to God in your struggle. When we run to him, there is a healing that takes place. Let me tell you, God won't leave you. I think a lot of us in our struggles, though, and I'm guilty of this, I get mad at God. I get frustrated with God. I say, God, how could you do this to me? And then I run from him instead of to him. You know, we've been walking through this building process for the last two years. And, and I shared this a couple weeks ago. Maybe you weren't here. Uh, we are in escrow on a building. Jason mentioned it up here. But let me tell you, for, for two, almost two years, we walked into building after building. And we put offer in after offer. And we were met with closed door after closed door. And I had a little season there where I was mad at God. Like, I was frustrated with God. I know you guys are probably more spiritual than me, but me, okay, occasionally I, I get frustrated with God. And I'm like, God, how could you do me like this? You know, like, God, look at me. I'm a pastor. I'm being faithful. Like, we're serving. We're, we're doing the right thing, and, and you won't open the door. 
But it was interesting that when all was said and done, every building that we walked into, I always told my wife, this building is good, but. See, there was always a but in every building. But this last building we walked into, I, I walked out of it. I said, Chrissy, there's no but. This is everything that we need. It's everything that we could ever ask for in a building. And this is the first time that I've been able to say that. And let me tell you what door opened. The door where there was no but. So let me, let me say this to you right now because some of us feel like God has left us because God has closed doors on us. But I want to tell you that God isn't a God just of open doors. He's a God of the right open doors. Because sometimes we're trying to get God to open doors and they're the wrong doors. You say, no, I'm going to shut it because I've got a better door for you. Somebody needs to receive this word today because God has been shutting doors in your life and you're frustrated and you're discouraged and you're angry and you're saying, God, where are you? Let me tell you something. God may be shutting those doors because he's got an even greater door for you. You just got to be patient. You got to wait on the right door because when that right door opens, you'll say, oh my goodness, this is so much better than any other door that I could have walk through. God won't leave you. I want to close and if the band will come back. I want to close with this. The last truth to remind you that you're surrounded in your struggle is that if God has promised you, he will bring you. If he's made a promise to you, he's going to bring it to you. I love this imagery that we see in Deuteronomy where it actually says, it says like an eagle, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions, the Lord alone guided him. You see, God... He's like an eagle with its young, young chicks. See, we're those chicks, man. We're in the nest. We want to fly, but we try to fly and we fall. But what does he do? He catches us. He surrounds us. He takes care of us. He feeds us. He blesses us. If God has promised you something, believe he will bring you to it. Believe that. It may not happen in your timing. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen next week. It may not happen next month. But God's timing is so much better than our timing. It's so much more perfect than our timing. You see, today I wanted you to hear that you're surrounded. Not just to protect you, but to prepare you for your destiny. You see, some of us are thinking that God is surrounding us just, just to protect us. Like, oh, I'm, I'm surrounded, so, so I'm protected. But it's also a preparation that's taking place. See, there's a lot of successful people out there that aren't walking in their destiny. Because there's some principles of God that you can apply to this world. I don't know if you, you, you've seen this, but, but you can apply some principles of the word and some principles of God to your job, to your business, and you might be successful. But success does not equal destiny. And success does not equal purpose. Because though you might be using some principles 
of God, without the presence of God, you'll never walk into the destiny that God has for your life. And so what happens is is some of us are, are applying principles and we're being successful and we're going, all right, but why do I still feel empty? Why do I still feel broken? Why do I still feel like something's missing? Why do I still feel like I'm lacking something in my life? I want to tell you why. Because this isn't the promise that God has for you. Because you've applied some principles, but you need the presence. Because when you get the presence of God in your life, then you know the purpose of God for your life. And that means you're willing to be patient for what he promised you. There's a lot of peas happening right now, church. You're willing to be patient for the promise. But the only way to know about the promise is if you get close enough to the presence of the God that we serve. So I want to ask you today, some of you feel surrounded in your struggle. Man, I'm in the wilderness. I'm surrounded by wilderness. I'm in the desert. I'm surrounded by sand. I'm in this dry season. I'm surrounded by all this stuff. I want to ask you today, are you pressing in to the presence of God? Because if you say, you know what, I may be surrounded by a struggle, I may be surrounded by uh, by an issue, I may be surrounded by the desert, surrounded by the wilderness, but I'm going to choose today to allow the presence of God to surround me even greater. When that happens, there is a purpose that is released in your life. So I don't know what you're walking through, church. I don't know what you're surrounded by today. But I wanted you to hear me, that you are surrounded by a God that wants to keep you, that wants to hold you, that wants to protect you. He wants to bring you. He will not abandon you. Press into the presence of the God that wants to surround you in your struggle. You know, what's interesting is we sometimes we get surrounded by things and we think those things are going to be our end. We think those things are going to be what it is that, that, that brings our destruction and our demise. And I think about the Israelites. And I think about them. They come up to the edge of this bank and it's, it's the Red Sea. And they're trapped. And they're trapped by the Red Sea. And behind them are, are, are the armies of Pharaoh closing in. They got chariots and horses and swords and spears. And, and the Israelites are, are on foot. And, and they got families and children. And they're closing in on them. And this Red Sea, and they're like, we're surrounded, man. We're done. And and Moses raises his staff and the Red Sea parts. And they begin to walk across on dry land. But still, they feel surrounded. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you imagine walking and there's walls of water? and, and, And Pharaoh's army coming up behind you. They feel surrounded. But let me tell you what happened. I think you know. They get to the other side. And that same thing that had them surrounded. Those same circumstances and situation they found themselves in that had them surrounded was the very thing that was the destruction of their enemy that was coming to get them. They walk across on dry land. The water collapses behind them and wipes out Pharaoh's army. God says, I've got you surrounded. You may feel surrounded in a struggle. You may feel surrounded by the wilderness, surrounded by the desert. But let me tell you, I can take what it is that you feel trapped by and use it to deliver you. That's the God that we serve. So I don't know what struggle you find yourself in today, but let me tell you, God can take it and he can use it to bring you to the promise that he has for you. Today, church, I want you to hear me. Jesus was betrayed so he could deliver. 
Jesus died. Why? So he could raise again three days later. Whatever struggle you're facing, God can take it and use it to deliver you. You may feel like you're surrounded by a struggle, but today I'm telling you that God is surrounding you. He's surrounding you. He's surrounding you with his presence. He's surrounding you with his power. He's surrounding you with his love. He's surrounding you with his hope. He's surrounding you with his peace. Today, embrace the presence of God in your struggle. Would you stand with me, church, to your feet? And let's sing this song as a declaration to the Lord. Let's sing this song that we will declare today we are surrounded by our God.